The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello and welcome to the Hoop Ball DFS Today podcast. I am your host, Mike Patria, joined by my good buddy Brenton Eckersley. It's been a while, Brenton. I know you were a little under the weather. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you're good to go now, man. I'm glad to have you back. Uh, missed you. Uh, you know, I, I can't say that enough. Uh, always a pleasure to have on the show with me. But how are you doing? How are you feeling? And uh, what's it like being back in the hot seat? <laughs> yeah, it's good to be back, man. Uh, I got uh, to jump onto Friday's pod. I was starting to feel a bit better. So uh, I was back there with Dave. But yeah, man, I, I was just looking at these videos. The last time we spoke is two weeks ago. That's too long. It is too long, Michael Apotria. Um, I'm glad to be back, dude. Uh, yeah, things are good over here. Uh, hot weather. We are just coming off the back of a 41 degree Celsius day uh, yesterday. So that's about 105 Fahrenheit for you guys. Um, oh. It was, yeah, uh, hot out there. Didn't do much of anything. A little bit of study for this podcast, of course. Um, and yeah, uh, but in between that, yeah, I had some time off work and a little bit under the weather. But uh, um, yeah, it's been uh, pretty cruisy otherwise. How, how are you going over there, man? Cold. Opposite, right? I, yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't know if I, I want to, I want to be warm. I don't know about 105 degrees Fahrenheit oh, over. Yeah, uh, I don't think that's what I'm looking for. But I think we were probably flowing around, uh, you know, somewhere between, you know, 28 uh, degrees over here. Yeah. Uh, Maybe about thirty, maybe a little warmer. The wind, the wind makes it brutal. That's that's what kills you. Is the wind, the wind chill, uh, it cuts you. Feels yeah. like so. Uh, but you know what? We're we're around the corner. We're the glass half full, Brand. That's what we do. You know, it, it, I I missed you. It's been uh, you know too long since I had you on. We're not we're not taking the negative approach on this show tonight. We're gonna have a glass half full. So, uh, you know, it's it's January. It's Monday. It's twenty fifth. If you guys didn't hear me to begin, but. Uh, whether you're new and if you're just joining us for the first time, thank you. Welcome. Uh, we're going to have a nice little 10-game slate to jump into. we got some good stuff. But before we jump into anything, just a quick shout-out to our presenting sponsors, MyBookie.ag. Listen, if you are gambling, if you are wagering, if you're playing parlays, table games, casino games, you're betting on the, you know, the Super Bowl, which now we know the teams. We're looking at some Chiefs and Bucks action. Uh, we got the NBA going on right now. Whatever it is, check out mybookie.ag, guys. It is my favorite, my number one sports book out there. The only one I recommend. The only one I give my stamp of approval. If you head over there and use that promo code HOOPBALL, uh, you get up to a 50% deposit match and up to $1,000. So if you put up $1,000, you'll get $500. You put up $500, they give you $250. Regardless of how much you put in, you get free money to play with. Check them out. Use that promo code HOOPBALL. Add a little bit of excitement to the sports that you're already watching and loving. Get some action, guys. Promo code HOOPBALL at mybookie.ag. And let's keep it real. Manscaped, whether it's for you, whether it's for your significant other, maybe it's a gift for a friend or a family member, whoever it's for, they will be grateful or you will be grateful. Uh, amazing products that this company has. If you haven't checked out Manscaped already, a uh, full line of products between an uh, air and nose hair trimmer. Brenton, yeah, you hear that one? I got that one first take. I heard you. I was waiting uh, for it. <laughs> oh, that was uh, a <laughs> Whether it's a lawnmower 3.0, uh, they have the conditioner, they have the body wash, uh, they have the little perfect travel kit. 
Uh, you can get it all right now. Head over there, use that promo code HoopBall20, H-O-O-P-B-A-L-L-2-0. You get that perfect package kit. And, you know, people are like, what am I going to do with all that? I'm, I tell you what, uh, we're not traveling so much right now. Uh, but once, once you know, this lockdown ends everywhere, we're able to kind of go around, take those lovely vacations that we're all dying to take. Uh, it is the perfect travel kit for that kind of occasion. Just quick storage, throw it right in, everything that you need. And that's one thing I know, Brian. I don't know about you. Whenever I take a trip, I never remember to bring my – I'll bring the straight razor for the tight shave, but I never bring the buzzer. Uh, and with Manscaped, I'm able to bring that with me. So we have 10 games to jump into. First game on the docket, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Game Philadelphia 76ers going against the Detroit Pistons. As far as an injury report for the Pistons, Killian Hayes and Derrick Rose both ruled out. For the Sixers, Mike Scott, Vincent Poirier both ruled out. And then Joel Embiid is being considered questionable for this one. Uh, and then looking at a game total, there is not one yet released. So probably have to wait and see on that. But I'll pass it over to you, Brent. We'll start with this Philadelphia 76ers side. Joel Embiid being questionable. Obviously, that's going to change a lot of things. But, uh, you know, why don't you break it down and what you're looking at if he plays and if he doesn't play? Yeah, for sure. So, look, if we just start in the backcourt for the 76ers, first of all, um, I think that both of these guys are pretty squarely in play. Um, ben Simmons at 8,400. He's pretty much back to his kind of do everything best again, uh, and and we're coming off at this matchup where he, he basically put uh, the Pistons to the sword for 48 DK points on Saturday. Uh, the dude just finds a, a lot of different ways to score, and that's the kind of player that I'm looking for in fantasy. I really tend to steer away from complete shooting only guys um, and especially chasing those high scores from that type of player. Whereas a guy like Ben Simmons can, you know, rebound assist. Uh, he won't shoot the three very often, obviously, but you know, he, he's just got a, a stack of weapons up his sleeve. So 8,400, that's no problem for me. Um, we do have some other value and similarly price guys coming up on the slate, but I don't mind too much of Ben Simmons there. Seth Curry uh, only just come back into this squad, but 5,100 is a little too cheap for Seth Curry. Um, he's kind of been limited to about 27 minutes in the first two games back. But as we know, those those minutes can ramp up pretty quickly. Um, and it tends to be uh, in that third or fourth game. So if we can get closer to 32 or 33 minutes out of Seth here, uh, he was giving us 30 to 40 fantasy points uh, on a regular basis. Um, you know, not just shooting, but doing other things on the court as well. So I think both of these guys are in play tonight. Do you do you concur? Do you Do you want to move away from these guys? What do you think? I'm with you on Ben Simmons. I think uh, regardless of whether Embiid plays or doesn't play, I think if Embiid sits, he becomes a fantastic play. Uh, even if Embiid plays, he's still a solid play. Uh, you know, between uh, between him and Tobias Harris, uh, Grant's going to be taking his time on both of these guys. So I uh, played well in them uh, against this team. They just played. So I like it. Like you said, he's been playing well. I'm on board Simmons at 8,400. Just think it's a, a tad underpriced. He's usually a guy that should be about 80, 86 to 88 uh, on a normal occasion. Probably won't be playing a bead regardless, even if he does play. Don't mind the Seth Curry play, but other than you know Beth's, uh, Ben Simmons, uh, if Joel Embiid sits, I'll be looking at you know Dwight Howard, 4,200. I don't mind going right back to him. Uh, whenever we see Embiid sit, you know, not, never a high usage guy. He's never going to put up a ton of points, but... Uh, at 4,200, he should be able to pay off that uh, price tag pretty easily. Probably return a nice six or seven X on that, even uh, if he does play 30 plus minutes in the matchup with no Joel Embiid. But we'll keep it moving on to the Piston side of the ball. 
you know, looking at this team, uh, these two teams just faced off. Without Joel Embiid is going to be the big thing for me. If there's no Embiid, I'll have a little bit more interest. Wouldn't mind playing a guy like Grant at 7,800. Uh, you know, just a guy that's been the model of consistency all season long and then over the past two games has struggled. And when we talk about struggled, you know, he shot 15% and 26%, and he still put up at least 32 DK points in both those games. So even bad games for Grant are still pretty pretty solid games. So uh, he's, he's perfect for cash game lineups. He has that GPP upside, so don't mind looking at him. And then with uh, with no Derrick Rose, if you want to keep taking shots, Wayne Ellington, 4,200. He has that shooting guard role locked in. He's, it's his for the taking at this point. And the high-volume shot attempts against the Sixers team should be coming. So uh, not a guy that I mind taking a you know, dumpster dive price tag at 4,200 just to get me by. Yeah, uh, look, I'm pretty much down the line with you there, I think. Uh, Jeremy Grant, uh pretty well held by Philly last time but as you mentioned low shooting percentages so look there is a little chance of a bounce back there um, he, he still gets decent fantasy points if he's not scoring but he has been scoring and and you know I'd rather chase uh, sorry I'd rather look for a bounce back game from a guy who has generally been playing really well rather than chase a high scoring game from someone who normally is in the teens or 20s so Jeremy Grant's not a bad play at 7800 I just think maybe there's better options down the slate coming up at around that price uh wayne ellington look I, i'm i'm the number one guy out here talking about do not chase uh scoring nights do not chase guys who light it up once but ellington's done it four or five times in a row now i think he's hit 21 three-pointers in in the last four games or something and that's just out of control it's probably not sustainable um but is it worth another stab at 4200 i think it probably is um derrick rose out that helps ellington's minutes and production quite a bit as well so uh outside of that look if uh if we get joel Embiid out there which is you know doubtful at the moment um i i would have a good look at isaiah stewart at 3400 for the pistons Plumley's likely to just get in foul trouble all over again he fouled out of the last one he was in foul trouble early i think and isaiah stewart went 20 plus dk points so at 3400 uh you can maybe just have a little stab at him um and i'd probably prefer a guy like that if Embiid is in over dwight howard you know, Plumlee's fouled out of the past four straight games. There you um, go. Which is quite a stat. And, you know, it, it, it's better when you say four straight games, but in reality it's even five out of the past seven. Uh, but four four straight games sounds better than five out of the past seven, in my opinion. So we'll, we'll keep it there. But, uh, hey, you know, no. you, you've been trying to palm him off to me for use of Nurkic in a, in a trade in our him. league. I know <laughs> I you got, got rid of him, but you tried me first. You tried me first, Mike. And, uh, you know, well, I wanted to see where you, where the temperature was on the, on the Nurkic panic scale when he first, uh, when he first broke his hand. So fractured his hand. So, oh, you know, then, then I figured it out, you know, you still had some, uh, you still got some reserves in him and I'll, I'll catch you later on. We'll, we'll <laughs> see. We'll see when, when Nurkic ends up on my team. That's well, fine, man. But give, give me better than Mason Plumley, please. <laughs> it was somebody else too was it no no i think it was just him all right next kid next game toronto raptors uh traveling to indiana take out the pacers in this one no injury report has yet to be released for this game uh we had some of these teams play today and we could say the same thing for a spread so a lot of missing information as far as how today's game went we saw that lowry and pascal siakam both sat out um in their absence og stepped up went buck wild 
And, you know, the, both these guys could sit. Kyle Lowry's been dealing with his toe injury. It's been bothering him, saying that when he tried playing uh, two games ago, that it kind of aggravated again and kept bothering him. And then Pascal Siakam uh, saying he's dealing with knee swelling. Uh, you know, is that real knee swelling or is that just I need a day off kind of knee swelling? We don't know that, but uh, we have to proceed with caution. We need to monitor this news nonetheless. So, uh, and then looking at this Indiana side, I guess we give the, the quick once over. Everybody should be good to go in this one. Just careless of TJ Warren being out, but still monitor it because we do not have the information to go off of right now. Starting with this Raptor side of the ball, uh, I, I'm, I mean, we could assume that Siakam and Lowry, I guess. Let's just, let's just take it at face value. Uh, let's say that they're both out. I would say Lowry is probably more likely to sit than Siakam. Uh, but let's take it for a second that like they're both out, Brett, and tell me what you're looking at. All right, let's let's take it like that. So yeah, I mean, normally the the flip of the coin conversation here is Kyle Lowry versus Freddie Van Vliet, and normally I'll land on Freddie in most cases. Uh, I think he has the better upside. I think Lowry probably has a bit of a safer floor, but Freddie's floor this year has been just fine as well. Uh, Seventy nine hundred. If Kyle Lowry's out uh, versus Indiana, yep, I'm I have no problems paying that for Freddie. Once again, we have guys around this kind of price coming up and and already passed. Um, you know, you can pay a little bit more for someone on the net squad uh and and look at some real upside but 7900 that that's that's not too bad for freddie van vliet he, he's usually punching around that 40 dk points and can push into the 50s pretty easy uh as far as the other guy who we would instantly look at if if kyle larry is out and that's norm powell um the play's pretty simple. If Norm starts, you can look at playing him. Um, and you know, uh, if he's if he's not starting, it just feels like a hard pass. He's just coming off the bench and shooting bricks. So uh, I will play Norm Powell at fifty two hundred if uh, Lowry is out. OG's always a, a struggle for me. I struggle to get him right. Uh, you know, we just had the ceiling game in this matchup. I mean, 30 actual points from OG Ananobi. I don't think we're going to see that quite every night, but uh, 6,900, he's got the floor of about 30 fantasy points at the moment. So I don't mind having a look at him. Um, yeah, if if Lowry or Pascal come back in, though, I'll, I'll probably have much less to do with him. How about you? The only guy I think I'm looking at in this game, despite uh, Siakam playing, or even Lowry playing, is probably Van Vliet. I don't mind the OG uh, but the price tag's getting up there. Like you said, he's consistent, but we have 10 games, so I don't see myself end up going to him too often. Uh, and then I'm not going to be really taking advantage of the value if Siakam even sits between you know Stanley Johnson. And uh, we saw Aaron Baines kind of play a little bit more minutes and had a great game. So uh, I don't think I'll, I'll end up going to either one of those. We already talked about two value plays, I think, on, on one game <laughs> you know earlier that are better than both those guys already. So I'll leave myself with just Freddie Van Fleet. Don't mind Powell, but... Uh, I guess I guess you could go, pal. I don't mind it. Fifty-two, it's a fair price tag. If he gives us twenty-five to thirty, we'll take it. Uh, I don't know if he's going to be writing me home a tournament. Uh, on Indiana, though, looking over here, uh, we have some options. You know, your boy uh, Miles Turner has just been absolutely writing at home. He sees people giving him some uh, some some dirty looks and some bad uh, some bad mouth in his defensive stats and everything like that this season, saying that he does, he's not in the conversation for defensive player of the year. Uh, comes out and puts up a six-block, three-steal game. The, stat, the defensive stats alone are, are getting him close to 40 and 50 on a nightly basis, it feels like. But with, you know, 20 different centers that we can look at probably on the slate, is he one of the guys that are in your player pool? 
Oh, look, it's really going to depend on the build. I mean, if you we, we've got some really high-priced guard positions coming up in the slate. So, yeah, sure, if you if you want to pay up at um, the guard spots um, for a couple of guys coming up and need some value somewhere, then, sure, Miles Turner at 7,400. It's completely swallowable. Um, he, can, he just continues to impress uh, another six blocks, as you said. It's just crazy. Uh, and with Sabonis having a, a, a down game in this one, Miles Turner put up 25 actions points as well so yeah i don't know he's he's a middling kind of play and it, that really depends on you on your build for me um but uh i tell you what uh, just looking at the game we've just had if there were e- ever two guys who were in better bounce back positions on the same squad i'd i'd like someone to tell me who they are because malcolm brogdon and uh demontis sabonis both had just terrible nights um against this Toronto team. Uh, Brogdon shot 22.7% from the field on 22 attempts and 10% from three-point land on 10 attempts. So, yeah, just just an awful shooting night for Brogdon, and that may move a lot of people away from him in fantasy uh, land. So, uh, you know, uh, I don't see why the, the, the stats were that low. Toronto haven't been really holding fantasy points or, or production back at that spot um, for the entire year. So, I'll definitely have a look at Brogdon at 8,500 and, and Sabonis 9,800. That That's still way up there for Sabonis, but uh, the bounce back is there. Um, he, he could potentially go 55. You know, that, that seems to be about his ceiling though. So it's probably Brogdon more than anybody else um, and a little bit of Miles Turner. I just don't want to pay that price tag for Brogdon. I don't think I'd love the 8,500 on a 10 game. So I, I wouldn't mind if it was a little bit shorter. It's fair. You know, he should probably be anywhere between 82 to 84. Uh, so 85, it's swallowable, like you said. So uh, <laughs> I don't I don't mind looking at that. Uh, I'll be going to, you know, maybe look at some Jeremy Lamb too. Uh, you know, keep in mind, he only played 20 minutes tonight. So I, I don't expect him to be too limited tomorrow. I don't expect him to play 28 like he did against Orlando. At 4,400, it's another guy in that Wayne Ellington range that we could look at. Except for this one, we got forward eligibility. So. We'll keep it moving to the next one. Charlotte takes on Orlando. This game will take place in Orlando. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Hornets, they have yet to submit it, and it is the same with the Magic. It's because both these teams happen to play today. We're getting some, we're getting some back-to-back themes, guys. Uh, so keep that in mind with a lot of these older and veteran, maybe more injury-prone players. But we'll start with this Charlotte Hornets team. You know, they're pretty much back up to full health now. Cody Zeller back in action. Uh, nothing really to talk about over there. And then looking at Orlando, Aaron Gordon sat out today. So we need to monitor that. He was dealing with the back spasms and back injuries. And then Michael Carter-Williams is slowly kind of creeping his way towards a return. He missed uh, today's game as well. Wouldn't shock me if he's ready for the second half of the back-to-back. Even then, he might be limited. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if he eventually starts challenging, um, you know, Cole Anthony for that starting role. And just because of the veteran predecessors and the better defense that he could play. But Gordon Hayward coming off one of his best games of his career and of the season. Uh, 7,300. Are you going back to the well? Oh, why wouldn't you? Uh, you know, he's just absolutely belted the same um, Magic team all over the place for 50-plus DK points. So I, I don't really see who stops him here. Um, they can put some more time in, into him if they want, but 7,300, that, that's too cheap for Haywood um, when he's got the, the upside of this 50 to, you know, 53, 55 DK points that we see semi-regularly from him. Um, I don't I don't have any problems paying 7,300 for Haywood. What about you? 
no, that, that the price tag is more than fair, in my opinion. You know, you never want to uh, necessarily go right back to the guy on, a, on the second half of a back-to-back. He struggled from the line today as well. That's something very unchar- uh, uncharacteristic of him. There we go. Got that out. <laughs> um, and, but he also did take a whole lot of shooter uh, three-pointers, and we also want to keep an eye on shooters uh, on their second half of the back-to-back. You don't want to you know, totally buy into the whole tired legs thing, but it, it's real. Uh, it could be uh, it could be a thing. The guy took a bunch of shot attempts tonight, so I do love the price tag though. Absolutely fantastic price tag for Gordon Hayward at seventy three hundred. It should be around that seventy eight to seventy nine range at the very least. Anybody else over there on Charlotte? Uh, uh, not really, to be honest. Devontae Graham, no. Uh, I'd rather play Lamelo Ball off the bench, even though he got the strict warning from Borrego about turnovers and had his minutes limited down to about 16 or 17 against the Bulls. Um, but he jumped back to 27 or something straight away. So maybe maybe the message has been sent uh, and, and you know, Borrego realises he probably can't do without Lamelo Ball out there. 6,900, eh, it's an okay price for him. Uh, Orlando, though, you know, they're struggling to contain point guards, obviously, with Markel Fultz out off the court. They're having to play uh, Cole Anthony out there a bit. And I don't mind LaMelo Ball, but like you've said a couple of times, big slate, we can find better, I think. All right, we'll move over to the Orlando side. For me, uh, Vucevic's price tag just keeps kind of dropping down a little bit. He struggled uh, you know, mightily in the first half today. And, you know, still wound up finishing with about 45 DK points, not necessarily giving us everything we wanted, but got us to where at least where we needed to be. So 8,700, I don't mind going back to the well. I like to play a lot more if Aaron Gordon does miss. He comes a lot more chalkier. I don't know if we call him chalkier on a 10-game slate necessarily, but uh, he'll be a lot more popular if Aaron Gordon does miss. So I don't mind taking the stab at Vucevic if that circumstance, or if not, uh, if it doesn't happen. And then, you know, Looking at where the usage would probably trickle down with Aaron Gordon out, we should see Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, both these guys will get a few more shot attempts. Same thing with Cole Anthony, but not a guy that I'm generally going to go for at that middle price range if you happen to land on, I'm sure. And I think I would prefer uh, playing Fournier, but the the second half of the back-to-back and Ross, just GPPs for me. The more I talk about these guys, the less, the less interested I am. So probably just Vucevic at the end of the day. Yeah, look, it's pretty much the same for me, I think. I mean... Vooch at 8,700, that's that's completely swallowable. Uh, he's got the matchup and, you know, as you said, had a slow start in this one and still ended up over 40 DK points in this same matchup today, uh, just before we're recording this. So, look, uh, I don't see why the Hornets can slow him down. They've been terrible against big guys all season. Um you know, Bismack Biombo out there, Cody Zeller, fine. But neither of these guys are stopping Vooch. He's, he's averaging 51 fantasy points per game in the last seven. So 8,700 is low. Yeah, Terrence Ross, I try not to to chase this guy too much. Um, uh, if I fall on him against bad defense, I, I'll be fine with it. But generally, it's just too hit and miss. He's just one of those empty stat shooters for me. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned Evan Fournier. Back-to-back is the only issue there. He's been, he's been just... He's been playing like he never missed a game, which is which is great. Forty six um, DK points against a pretty tough Pacers defense on Friday. Uh, he's gone for thirty DK over thirty DK points in this match up again. He's in play, but the back to back is a little worrying. Absolutely, we'll keep it moving on to the next game. We have the Miami Heat traveling to Brooklyn to take on the Nets. As far as injuries are concerned for Brooklyn. Nicholas Claxton, Spencer Dinwiddie both ruled out for the Heat. Here we go. Buckle up. Avery Bradley, Jimmy Butler, 
Maurice Harkless, Tyler Hero, Myers Leonard, Chris Silva, all ruled out. KZ Akpala is questionable, while Goran Dragic and Gabe Vincent are both probable. As far as an injury, or as far as a game total, we actually have one. 235 game total. Brooklyn being favored by seven and a half points in this one. So looking at this, uh, you know, looking at this, this is a rematch. Looking at this Miami team, uh, Bam coming off a career high in points. 40, uh, was it 40 or 41 points in that last one? Uh, well, absolutely bananas. Uh, also was one of the first people to get in trouble for hugging on the court and dapping up. You can't do that no more. They gave him the boot quickly. Uh, 8,500 coming into this one. It's tough for me to go back to the well on it. I don't mind the play. Uh, you know, if I'm going back to the well anywhere, it's going to just be straight back to Goran Dragic. 6,200, probably my favorite play on the Heat. Uh, just a guy where <clears throat> we're getting rock-solid cash value out of him uh, night in and night out, right around that 30-point mark. But we know that 40 to 45-point upside is in there, and it's going to come out in one of these games eventually. Uh, is it this one? I don't know. But even if it's not, I'm not worried about him sinking any of my lineups necessarily uh, if he gives me that 28 to 32 range anyway. So wouldn't mind him. Uh, and at this point, only $100 separating him and Kendrick Dunn, so I'll probably completely fade Dunn and just stick to Dragic on this one. Hopefully other people decide that they want to go the other way. And that's probably it for me. Yeah, it, it, Kendrick Nunn definitely has the little fantasy name at the moment, so he, he's probably going to garner higher ownership ownership than than Dragic for sure. Um, $100 the difference. Uh, it, it's a flip of a coin for me. I mean, Kendrick's ob- obviously playing pretty well. As long as Hero remains out, and he is out in this one, so... Uh, I, I don't know. Either way, pivot off of, off of each other, maybe. I know you like Dragic. I don't mind none either. Um, I think it's a, a fair pivot play, play at those prices. Um, Bam Adebayo, 8,500. Man, I will go hard against you there and play him straight up again. Um, Brooklyn centers play Bam. I have no problems with that price whatsoever. We've got a lot of centers on this slate, but at 8,500, he just, he just downed them for 62 DK points, Mike. What 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 are you not seeing? Uh yeah, no, I saw it. Just uh I don't I don't like to bet on a guy having back to back career nights. Uh, you know, talking about, you know, I, I know Bam's one of the most talented centers and big men in the league. Uh putting up forty one is not something that he generally does on a nightly occasion. And then looking at some of the other peripheral stats, uh, you know, he's had a couple of these bigger rebounding games in in the past few, but ever since Kelly Olynyk's been playing alongside of him. Uh, there's less room for him to necessarily operate with, but he's going to be forced to step up. He's going to be forced to take close to 15, 16 shot attempts again. I don't hate the play. I just don't know if he's my highest upset, uh, upside center play um, for what his, what his ownership will probably be at the same time. So cash maybe for GPPs, I don't think I'll be playing Bam. Oh man, I'll, I'll I'll still stick with my uh, my opinion there. It's it's DeAndre Jordan, Jarrett Allen's no longer there to throw up blocks and some defensive numbers. It's DeAndre Jordan and Bam's just going to eat this guy again, I think. So I don't know. Uh, I'll leave it there. We'll see. We'll see who comes out of that the winner. All right. Well, I, maybe I got to find a center to go against them, and I don't I don't mind doing. It. I mean, we just talked about Vucevic. He's about two hundred dollars more. Sure, I'll take that if you want to do that little. Uh... Little friendly wager, little Vucevic, uh, Vucevic versus Bam action. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, oh, that's a tight rope. It's a tight rope. Yeah, <laughs> man. I'll, ta- I'll take Bam on that one. Well, we can't play both of them, and that's kind of what it comes down to. So, uh, so if you got it, yeah, you got to stick, uh, put your money where your mouth is. Then, uh, yeah, you're taking Bam. I'll take, uh, I'll take Vucevic, and 
We'll figure out something fun to wager. Well, maybe by the end of the show, we'll get something. But looking at the Brooklyn side of the ball, all these guys expected to play Kyrie, Harden, Durant. Once they're playing, we can pretty much ignore everybody else uh, for the most part. You know, and for me, it comes down to probably Kyrie, uh, 9K, just because I'm getting a significant discount. I don't mind the other two guys, but on 10 games late, I just don't think I'll end up going there. Much rather just play like one of Jokic or or Luka uh, in in that later game. Just pretty much how my builds are coming out. Yeah, I can't fault that. No, you know, Harden at ten two, he's just way too polite. He's not James Harden at the moment. He's, you know, fitting himself into this lineup and and being polite as a new net uh, player. And Kyrie has a massive discount there. Kevin Durant, you can never count the guy out, but ten four is starting to get a, a little tough to play, especially when we've got two guys later on who are facing up against each other who are in amazing matchups. Uh, I don't think I'm paying ten four for Durant too much tonight. Um, Kyrie nine thousand, he's always squarely in play. Is is being, he's been putting up fifty five, um, so I don't I don't mind that play. It depends on your builds. We're, we're going to find some value around the place. Uh, can you count him out? Not completely. No, nah, you can never do that with any of those guys. Uh, we'll move on to the next one, though. Uh, the the revolving the Red Hot Cleveland Cavaliers team. Uh, L.A. Lakers driving to Cleveland. Uh, take on the Cavs. LeBron comes home in this one. As far as the game total, 213 game total. Lakers favored by 10 points in this one. Uh, in the injury report, Cavs have yet to list uh, what's going on with them. Uh, they played today. And then the Lakers... Costas uh, and Jared Dudley both rolled out. Anthony Davis probable. LeBron James questionable. I think we can assume he's probably going to play in this one, though. Looking at this, there's a little narrative, you know, LeBron playing Cleveland, but uh, it's in Cleveland. Yes, it's true, but there's really no – actually, am I wrong? You know, there's no fans in Cleveland, I don't believe. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Uh, But it's not the same vibe, I guess, is what I'm getting at. So a lot of these revenge narratives, they're there, but you take a little bit of the edge away from them. Nonetheless, it, it, these are great price tags for both these guys. 93 and 9,200. Just a little too cheap. I think they both make sense if you wanted to play them in cash. I prefer LeBron James over Davis uh, if I had to pick one. But nonetheless, they're both rock solid plays. And then Montrez Harrell. I uh, really like Harrell in this one. 5,600. I think he's in a great spot. Now, especially since they brought in Jared Dudley, playing Larry Nance, playing Andre Drummond. Uh, you know, it, it's it's the tree land. Uh, you know, the trees and sex land. So uh, we got to expect that. They're probably going to need some significant run from Harrell and Gasol. And just knowing that, you know, Harrell just being the more versatile guy at this point in his career that's able to kind of do a little bit more offensively is probably the way I'd rather lean. That's it for me, though. Let me hear what you got for uh, L.A. Uh, tick, tick, and tick. It's Montrez Harrell at 5,600. He's the only other guy outside of the big two I would consider here. Uh, pretty porous Cavaliers front court. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really interested in any of the other ancillary pieces around the, uh, the two big guys in the Lakers. And I'll just flick, flip back on what you said about LeBron James. I don't go for um, revenge narratives, Mike. I, I know you've mentioned them a few times. I just don't uh, get into them. I, I think the defense is the defense. Um, not that LeBron James James is defendable, but uh, I, I'm, I think I'd rather look at Anthony Davis in this one at $300 cheaper if I was looking at either, which I'm not. All right. Uh, and if you want to take a stab at Coldwell Pope, do it 3800 Sure, why not? Um, like him for, for shorter slates, so not 10-game slates. On the Cleveland side, teams on the second half of the back-to-back. Andre Drummond, 8800 uh, probably not going to do it. If, if, you know, want to play Drummond, I don't mind it. He's a very contrarian GPP type play at this point in time. I don't know if, 
you know, the price tag is dropping, so you can start to maybe look at them in cash a little bit more. Probably won't be going there myself, and I, I just don't see myself going to really anywhere on this team, to be honest. Uh, maybe outside of a guy like Torian Prince, who I can see maybe garnering a few extra minutes if you want to be contrarian. They might need him defensively. Other than that, I'm probably good. Yeah, I think I might have seen a note that Torian Prince is inactive for this one. I'm not 100% sure, but yeah, I, I don't have too much interest in this either. Uh, Colin Sexton's been on fire, but we just have to keep in mind that those, those big games came against the Brooklyn Nets, porous defense, Orlando's Cole Anthony, yep, and the Hawks, porous defense. So uh, going up against the Lakers, I'm not too interested in Sexton, even at 7,200. Darius Garland's going to be working his way back in a minute. That's going to take usage and ball handling away from Sexton. Um, Larry, Nance, Larry Nance Jr., 7,100. He's been pretty good, but he's just going to see Anthony Davis in this matchup. And, I, yeah, I'm the same as you. I don't want anything to do with this Cavs team. All right. We'll keep it moving to the next game. My favorite game of the night. Denver <laughs> Nuggets traveling to Dallas, take on the Mavericks. wonder why it's my favorite. Uh, it's hard to figure out. For the Mavs. Dorian Finney-Smith, Maxi Kleber, Dwight Powell, Josh Richardson, all ruled out. And for the Nuggets, just Greg Whittington, only person on the injury report, and he's being listed as out. 221 and a half game total. Dallas being favored by one and a half. You heard that correctly. Um, we'll start off with this Denver side of the ball. You know, it's pretty simple for me, man. <laughs> Jokic, Jokic, Jokic. He's, for some reason, he's not over 11K, and the guy's been pretty much averaging 60K points on a nightly basis. So, Sign me up for some Jokic, 10-8. He already dropped 62 against this Dallas team earlier in the season. It's a fantastic matchup. I don't see anyone really slowing him down. Porzingis does not affect me whatsoever, even him being in that lineup. So there we go. I will be playing some Jokic outside of him. You know, it's really a crapshoot when you're trying to get some of these ancillary guys. You know, Jamal Murray, very tournament-only kind of guy for me. Don't trust him in cash. I'm going to wait and see a little bit with this whole Michael Porter Jr. thing. Uh, you know, he's, he's coming back, and he played 35 in the last one. Uh, but there's still going to be the adjustment period between getting back into the swing of things, inserting himself back into this offense after being out for quite some time. So it's really just going to be Jokic for me, man. That's it. 10-8 for Jokic. He's the highest priced guy on the card, but why not? I mean, against the Mavs uh, front court, there's not much going to stop this guy. Uh, as you said, he just put up 62. It's it's Jokic. It's a little bit of Murray for me at 7,100. He's coming off two good games. Um, I, I like playing Murray uh, when he's hot. Uh, if he if he drops off in uh, in, in one uh, and burns me, that's fine. But 7,100, that's just too cheap for guys just burnt the Suns twice for 45-plus DK points, I think. Uh, and the matchup, I hate to say it, he's only facing Luca. I like that price for Murray as well. All right, we'll slide over to the Dallas side of things. Uh, and where do I start? Um, yeah, this is uh, it's, it's Josh tougher, Green, man. James yeah. Johnson, <laughs> Willie Cauley, yeah. Willie Cauley Stein. That's where you want to start, isn't it? There's so many options, man. There's so many guys <laughs> that we could go to. How about we go to the guy that put up 79 DK points in the first matchup uh, that these two teams have? Granted, it was in 43 minutes. Nonetheless, it's a great spot for him. Listen, if we have the value there and it's available and we're just jamming studs in there, I would love to just run these two guys back against each other. And I can't. Uh, odds are I'm not going to be able to do that in that many lineups. I'll probably find a couple to do it in, but majority I won't. I'll probably just have one of them. They're both fantastic plays. Uh, I would I would probably expect Jokic to draw a little bit more ownership just because he's safer. 
Uh, nonetheless, both these guys are fantastic plays. If you want to look at Porzingis in this one, I don't mind it. I really do like this matchup for Porzingis. And he's another guy that allows me to kind of get my uh, exposure to this Dallas team if I can't get Luka and still be able to afford Jokic. You know, pretty much been playing, uh, you know, his fair allotment of low 30s minutes, 32 to 33 minutes on a nightly basis, dropping in about 40 to 45 DK points on a nightly basis. So sign me up, 8,200. I don't mind some shares. And I, I just don't see how this Denver team's really going to size up with him. Uh, that's the one thing. I don't know if they're going to take Jokic out of the paint and actually have him chasing Porzingis around. I highly doubt that. I think we're going to see a combination of Paul Millsap, um, you know, and I, I guess maybe they're going to try to to put Michael Porter Jr. on him. But as we just saw what happened with Doug McDermott the other night, it's probably not a smart thing to put a wing on Kristaps Porzingis. So that's it for me. I'll, I'll pass it over to you. Uh, probably not going to go to the Brunson well with some of this other value that we've already talked about. No, Jalen Brunson, even if he starts at shooting guard, he's facing Gary Harris. So Gary Harris is out there to run around and annoy dudes and take the ball off them and make their shot difficult. So I'm not interested in Brunson. Uh, I think Chris Upps is actually questionable. I probably expect him to play 8,200. He's a distant second to, to Doncic, though, and everybody knows it. But, it, look, he does have a pretty good ceiling. Uh, I, I think I'd probably rather play Luca and, and just move on, 10-7. Hundred dollars cheaper than Jokic, I think. Uh, look, we we've had a couple of drop off games from Luca. I think we had a thirty five DK return and a forty five DK return in there, which Jokic doesn't give us. Don't you talk um, bad about my guy? Don't hey you man, do it, <laughs> I'm just stating facts, dude. <laughs> Statistics and facts, Mike. Um, yeah, look, I, I just as you mentioned that the the the, um, the Ownership for Luke is probably going to be a little bit lower than Jokic, but man, these guys, I, I don't know how to split the difference between them. I, I, either of them, both of them could go for 75 here. So, uh, yeah, I, I think it's Luca. If, um, if Pazingas, Pazingas doesn't play, uh, yeah, you can have a look at Tim Hardaway Jr. as well. Uh, he, he probably gets some extra shots up there. 5,600 is only mildly interesting though. That is it. Yeah, and I expect him to play. He sat out that last one because it was the second half of the back-to-back and it was a rest, and he's not on the injury report as of now while they kind of have everybody else listed. So I'm assuming he's probably full go and he should be looking at you know 32 minutes once again. So it's just whether or not he uh, he hits his, his shots at a 45 or you know above percent clip. Uh, next game, Boston Celtics traveling to Chicago. Only four games left, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game in this one for the Celtics. They did not submit their injury report. They played today. For the Chicago Bulls, Wendell Carter Jr. is doubtful. Looks like it's going to be his third straight game missed, uh, dealing with that right quad contusion. Uh, no game total, no spread. Like I said, the Celtics had played uh, earlier this afternoon. So, looking at the Celtics team, second half of the back-to-back, they are expecting to have Jason Tatum back in the lineup. 8,900, we're not really getting much of a discount on him, though. The matchup is picture-perfect. It does not get much better than this, I would expect. Uh, pretty much no defense to be played by this Bulls. Uh, this is tough, though. I love the. I, I'm willing to pay the price tag. I just want to, you know, know he's playing 35, 36 minutes like he normally would. I'm worried that he might come out here and play low 30s, maybe even less. Who knows? Uh, we we don't know. If we see there's no sorts of restrictions or anything, he's definitely very much in play. Uh, Jalen Brown, 8,500. It's a fair price tag. Do I end up falling on it? I don't mind to. Um, you know, if I'm going to go anywhere though, I think it's going to be Marcus Smart. Kemba Walker's already been ruled out, uh, it being the second half of the back-to-back. Smart's been playing excellent. Uh, 
you know, guards have just been annihilating the Bulls in the backcourt all season long. They've been bleeding points. So 6,400, it's not the best price tag for him, but it's fair enough for me to take some shots. Probably the main guy I'm looking at. And we might even see a couple extra minutes uh, towards Jeff Teague's way. Uh, with Peyton Pritchard also dealing with an MCL injury, he's going to be out for a month. So Teague played 18 minutes in today's game. No Kemba Walker. He should probably be touched around that 24, uh, maybe even 25-minute mark at 3,700. That's a rock-solid value play. Yeah, if if Tatum was still out, I'd be all over Jalen Brown in this one with Walker sitting as well. But um, with Tatum potentially coming back in, and who knows what his minutes are going to be like at eighty nine hundred. I think you said I'm not touching Tatum, um, but yeah, it kind of puts a dampener on Jalen Brown a little bit as well. Uh, we know what this dude's capable of. It's Chicago. They're they're not really going to stop Brown if he gets going. But I think I'll just move elsewhere. Uh, I like the Marcus Smart call. Sixty four hundred starting to get a little high, um, but as you mentioned. Pritchard's out, uh, Kemba's now out, uh, he has to play minutes, as simple as that, he's going to get 33, 34 minutes, um, and and Teague's not going to eat into those minutes at the moment, um, yeah, 6,400 for Marcus Smart's a pretty solid play that is about it, man Alright, we'll slide over to the Chicago side of things looking over here, uh, Zach Levine finally coming back down to a price tag where we could stomach, he was in that 9-5 range for a little while at one point uh, no one wanted to pay that, he's back down to 8,600 Tough matchup going against this Celtics team, though. We know how they are defensively. Uh, between him and Kobe White, I'll probably take a hard pass on both these guys. If I attack anybody uh, going against uh, the Celtics, it's usually the front court. I expect Lori Market to be able to take advantage of this matchup at 6,500. You know, we see this Boston team. They try to run their double big lineup. Uh, and between Tice and Thompson, neither one of those guys might be able to, you know, stretch out necessarily to Lori. Uh, out to that three-point line, they're going to struggle. And if they want to try to roll with Tatum, they're going to be giving up a few inches on that. So uh, I don't mind looking at him. I think at 6,500, it's a fair price tag. It's swallowable. I would <laughs> like it to be about 62, 63. But we'll take it right there. And if you want to look somewhere else, uh, Thad Young at 45, you should continue to see some decent minutes, uh, You know, especially in closer matchups with, with no Wendell Carter Jr. And then same thing with Otto Porter Jr. He also gets a little bit of a usage bump. Don't mind taking a stab at him. It's just I probably end up playing either market in or I go down to young. I don't find myself landing in the middle too much just yet. Yeah, I'm not really overly excited about too many options on the Bulls lineup. I'm not playing Kobe White or Zach Levine at those prices against Boston. Uh, Otto Porter, no pass. And Tad Young, uh, Tad Young, I've been playing a little bit of this guy lately. He has been fairly consistent, 4,500 starting to push it, but uh, not not too bad a price. Um, he has been consistent, as I said. Uh, Wendell Carter Jr. out. What do they do with the minutes here? Daniel Gafford had a stinker in the last one, 3,100. Cheap to ignore, though, against the one place where you can pretty much target the Celtics. So he is uh, he is in play as a GPP dart throw, and that's about it. Larry Markkinen, I, I don't know, man. I'm, I, I guess they're going to move him across to the five a fair bit. Um, so, yeah, at, what is it, 6,500? As long as he's getting center minutes with Wendell Carter Jr. out, then, yeah, that's definitely more swallowable than um, him having to face, you know, either Tatum or potentially Brown. Yeah, that's the thing. He's not necessarily a good cash option at 65. Could, could we guarantee he's going to get that, like, you know, 33 to 34? No, but at 65, he definitely has that 40 to 45 upside in this matchup. So if we hit that 40 to 45, we're happy we played him in our GPPs. But next game, San Antonio Spurs traveling to New Orleans, taking on the Pelicans in this one. Uh, no injury report um, just yet. We're kind of waiting to see on that. 
uh, had some of these teams play. Again, back-to-backs, get used to them. But uh, we do have a spread. No game total, but we have the Pelicans favored by three going against the Spurs. So looking at the Spurs team, uh, Derek White out. We have to keep an eye on DeJounte Murray. He played today. It was his first game. He only missed one game with that ankle injury. So clearly it wasn't anything that was too uh, too serious. Uh, but it is back-to-back. Sometimes after the game, you take your shoe off. If you played ball, you know. Uh, once that shoe comes off, the swelling, uh, it begins. And then you uh, you try to stand up, and you're in a joyful, wonderful amount of pain. So keep your eye on DeJounte Murray. It's, uh, it's probably some news worth monitoring. If he were to sit for some reason, uh, obviously DeMar DeRozan becomes a fantastic play. And it's kind of hard for me to play Patty Mills at 5,300. But not really looking at him much here. It would just really be DeMar's and, uh, DeMar DeRozan. And then, you know, if there's no restrictions and DeJounte Murray is going to play his 34, 35 minutes at 65, I wouldn't mind it. I'm just a little worried about that uh, on a 10-game slate. Yeah, DeJounte Murray was priced up at 8100 about three games back, so 6500 And, yeah, he's coming off the ankle. That, that I still think that price is, is way too cheap for Murray. And against my Pels, uh, who knows what the Pels are throwing out there for any particular game. They've just been uh, terrible. Um, did you say that the Pels are favored, favored by three? Uh, yeah, I, let me make sure I read that correctly. Yeah. What is yep. Vegas? Have Vegas been watching our games? Uh, yeah, anyway, we'll just move on from that. Um, <laughs> I, I just think um, Murray is uh, priced too cheap here. Um, you know, the upside's around 40 fantasy points, 6,500. It's not a, not a bad price. Um, and, yeah, as you mentioned, is if we know that Murray's not playing, DeMar DeRozan becomes an instant, you know, great play at 7,700 against this team uh, who... Uh, not playing very well. It is a little bit of a slowdown uh, matchup uh, from both teams. But, yeah, I, I don't mind those two guys. Apart from that, I think you nailed it, man. I'm not looking anywhere else. Yeah, that's the thing. The Pelicans aren't playing at that same pace that we are accustomed to last season. So keep that in mind. And it's, it's costing them. Yeah, they need to. They're young. Why aren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> You know, the only guy that I think above, uh, you know, 30 years old or 32 years old is probably who J.J. Reddick. Steven Adams is getting up there. He's probably 29 at this point, maybe. Uh, they're pretty young. And then looking at this Pelican side of the ball, uh, you know, touching on these guys. Obviously, I think Lonzo Ball is probably going to be one of my favorite targets along with Brandon Ingram. Uh, Ingram finally getting back to a great price tag that we can look at. AK, I just think, is a little too cheap. This matchup does not scare me off whatsoever. He dropped 53 on them early in the season, and he did so on less than 40% shooting. So sign me up for some Ingram at AK. Love that price tag for him. And then I think Lonzo at 58. The minutes are starting to get back up there for him. Uh, he is well played great in this matchup earlier in the season. Uh, put up about 43 DK points. It's just a great matchup for him and a great price tag for him. So I'll be taking advantage of both those guys and probably leave it there. Uh, pass. Ooh, I like it. Not even a, 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 your own Pelicans. Okay. Oh, man. I, I, I don't know. Maybe that's a little bit of personal emotional bias coming in here. <laughs> but I, I, I watch these games closely. I probably watch them closer than, than most people do who, you know, Pelicans are a small town, a small, you know, franchise. Uh, I, I'm watching these guys just thinking, how can you not get the ball to Brandon Ingram for over a quarter or, you know, one or two shots in a quarter? This guy's your star. And the same happens with Zion. Uh, they These these two blokes can go missing for 12 to 14 minutes, and that's why I'm not playing either of them at the moment. Until the Pels work this out, no, line through them. Yeah, no, and I think I think that whole series, you know, two straight games against the Jazz, that just really threw them through 
um, a loop. And the Jazz have been one of the best teams in the Western Conference this year, and we know that they, how they are defensively, and not just by their players, but by their schemes, where they tend to slow things down and, and take people out of their element and force the tougher, more difficult shots to the point where you know, you see stars like Brad Degrub, who's used to taking 20 shots when, you know, you can still take 20 shots, but if they're going to force you to difficult ones, um, you know, try to make the smart basketball decision by giving them up sometimes equals a lot less shot attempts. So I don't, I don't mind going back to the well on this one. Um, at AK, you know, I just think it's, you got to capitalize on that price tag at, at some point. And if for some reason he has a bad game, I wouldn't even mind one bit because that might mean we get him at like 78 the next night, which <laughs> I'll, I'll go right back to the well in that spot. Uh, two games left, late games of the night, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time game. Minnesota Timberwolves traveling to Golden State, take on the Warriors in this one. Uh, Warriors have yet to submit their injury report for the Timberwolves. Uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Carl Anthony Towns both ruled out. D'Angelo uh, Russell, I'll have to say D'Angelo Williams, old throwback right there for football. Uh, D'Angelo wow. Russell, <laughs> Panther fan. Another weird one. Uh, go figure. I'm from Connecticut. Panthers, Mavericks. That's how I do it. Um, <laughs> D'Angelo Russell. Uh, questionable this one. As far as uh, game total, 225 and a half game total. Uh, Warriors favored by eight points in this one. So looking at this Minnesota uh, side of the ball, you know, this isn't going to necessarily be a tough matchup. I'm actually expecting a fairly close game uh, in this one, despite the spread being eight points. You know, kind of the same take I was looking at with the Knicks the other night. Um, I ended up winning that one. So I'm kind of going back to this one. Uh, if we see Russell out, you know, looking at Rubio, he was on a minutes restriction in that last one, uh, played 28. I would expect that to probably be closer to 30. I wouldn't mind going back to there at 5,100 if he draws to the start once again with no Russell. That's a great price tag for him. Uh, Beasley should continue to be one of the leading shot takers. Whether Russell plays or Russell doesn't play, this guy should continue to take 15+. plus. Not the greatest price tag, not the most confidence in him. But definitely a guy in GPPs that if you're just trying to get some action in this game, I don't mind to. I, I'm probably going to have decent action in both these late games. And, you know, these are probably the two top options. And between the front court, Vanderbilt, Nas Reed, if I had to pick one of these guys, it would probably be Vanderbilt. I want to yeah. say Nas Reed. I want to nah. say Nas Reed. But uh, the $1,000 discount on Vanderbilt has me leaning towards him a little bit. It's just not the... I've been I've been tooting the Vanderbilt horn too. I think you know before oh, yeah. he started even getting these starts, and uh, you know they're going to keep coming. He's going to keep putting up the rebounds, the defensive stats. Not the easiest matchup, and uh, he's a guy that could be prone to foul trouble once in a while. So uh, definitely don't. Uh, he's not necessarily like a, a cash lock play, but I'll let you I'll let you get your hype in. I hear you hyping up over Vanderbilt over there. Oh, I love this guy, man. Uh, yeah, I will tune into a T-Wolves game just to watch this guy play and scream when he dunks it. And you know, he's just everywhere. He's all over the court. The energy's fantastic. Uh, that aside, though, we are talking fantasy. 5K is just too cheap for this guy at the moment. I mean, he's he's playing plenty of minutes. Uh, he's just coming off 37.25 uh 5k do the maths uh yeah and it's just it's just all about energy energy with this guy he, he's going to get um rebounds he's going to be all over the court um scoring a little bit when he can and and i like this guy at 5k uh let, let's not make the whole <laughs> wolves side about jared vanderbilt though um look uh, the rest of it becomes really boring for me if d'angelo russell does play if he plays he's a meh kind of price at 8300 even against the warriors front uh backcourt excuse me i'm just not sure about that salary um if he's out 
things to open up a little bit. And yeah, Malik Beasley, 6,600. That's okay. Uh, he's had a couple of decent outbursts this season, but if we look through the game totals, it's actually not, uh, it's few and far between uh, is what I'm trying to get out. Um, if, if Russell's back, Rubio and Jordan McLaughlin both basically fall off a cliff. Um, if Russell is in, I don't mind to look at both of those guys. Uh, McLaughlin had a good game for what is he priced at around three k. I don't mind looking at that uh, that kind of uh, value if Russell is out, and that's about it for me. All right, we'll slide over to the Warriors side of things over here, and Steph Curry coming in at ninety two hundred, right around that LeBron eighty range. Uh, Forces to make some decisions, and it's a fantastic spot for him. Uh, sign me up for some stuff in here. You know, again, it, it's tough for me to get Jokic and Doncic, uh, but if I wanted to get one of those guys, I could still get Curry. Or if I wanted to get one of them and still play Porzingis, I could still work that. I'm not going to be able to get three of them, uh, but I know I can get at least two of them, and I don't mind going with either of these options. You know, we can go to Lillard in the late game. Wouldn't mind doing that. I'm sure he's on fire as we're talking. Uh, they're playing with all that usage that he's going to absorb. He should have a usage rate close to like 35 or 40 with Doma McCollum or no Nurkic. Uh, nonetheless, we have other Portland options. There, you know, on Golden State, I basically just want to play Curry. That's it. I'm not really looking at Ubre Jr. and the Slumpies, Ben Wiggins. Sure, why not? It's against his former team. I get it. Not really a huge option of mine at 6,500. We talked about several guys in that price range, and then outside of that, it, it's Draymond at 52. Uh, we're not seeing anything offensively from him. He's going to have that game where he near triple doubles again, like he did against LA. Uh, those games are fantastic, and even then, he's putting up you know close to thirty to maybe thirty-five DK points. So he's an option. He's not uh, somebody I'm going to immediately just gravitate towards and plug in. Uh, I've been doing that over the past few days, and it has been working out well for me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Draymond, uh, I'll just leave him out here. Uh, I think you're right. Uh, Ubre and Wiggins, and yeah, uh, no no interest in either of those guys, really. Wiggins, yawn, Ubre, show me something before I start plugging you in. Uh, Steph Curry at 9,200, absolutely great matchup. No fear for Steph uh, against Timberwolves, and you know we're still seeing shot, shot attempts around 20 for this guy. No problems locking in Curry for at least value, uh, potentially a ceiling game against a pretty bad defense. Uh, fast pace, why can't you play Steph Curry? You can. Um, the other guy that I'm just going to throw on the board here is James Wiseman, um, 5,400. It's not an overly enticing price, but we have seen him stabilize at around about 25 minutes in the last, sorry, at exactly 25 minutes in each of the last three games. So Kerr is give, giving him a little bit, bit more range on the court. Um, this is a great matchup. We know the Wolves are terrible at uh, guarding the center spot. Wiseman, I don't know. I just have a feeling he could be in for a decent night here. 35 DK points is not out of the question. I like that call. I could see him get to the line a fair amount be, between Vanderbilt and Reed. They both struggle with foul quite often. Uh, final game of the night. Last game, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. OKC Thunder traveling to Portland. Portland on the second half of a back-to-back, taking on the Trailblazers. No injury report for this game. As we said, both these teams played today. And for that being said, we do have a game total, 222 and a half, uh, 222, no, no half, 222 game total. Uh, Portland favored by five and a half points on the second half of the back-to-back. So we'll start with this OKC team. I'll be frank with you, uh, Brent. I like this game a lot, and I will have a whole lot of action. So uh, we talked about a couple guys in that 8K range, Russell and all these other guys, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, 8,100, sign me up. He's probably going to be my favorite point guard around that range at 8,100. I don't know how I don't have a ton of shares of him. Portland's been playing little to no defense. It doesn't help that they're missing half their backcourt and half their team. 
I expect this to be a pretty fairly competitive game. The only time we see Shea's minutes down is when they get out of hand. He plays that 28 range. Second half of a back-to-back, sign me up, man. Shea Gillis Alexander, I think he's an absolute fantastic play. And outside of him, uh, I might be maybe going to a guy like Roby if I need to, With if uh, Al Horford happens to miss another game. Something worth monitoring. Uh, he was out for personal reasons, birth of his child. I, I don't know if he's with the team yet, if he's trying to clear protocols. We don't know, but those are the two main options I'm looking at in OKC. How about you? Uh, I like exactly what you said. I don't think I need to cover anything else. It's Gilgis Alexander, matchup of the night. 8100 is a great price for him. And, uh, yeah, if Al Horford is out, then you plug in Isaiah Roby, who has too many tools for uh, pretty slow Ennis Cantor. Uh, 4600 is a really good price for Roby if Horford sits. Moving on. Absolutely. On the Portland side of the ball, so Lillard coming in at 10-3. We know he's worth the price, guys. It's There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It's Damian and Lillard. Uh, the usage will be there for him. He is a monster. Now, you know, being priced up there with the likes of you know, Doncic and, and Jokic, it's, is he worth it? Yes, he's absolutely worth it. Do I see myself going to them? Uh, probably not. I'd rather just take the security blanket of playing Doncic and Jokic. Uh, just knowing that their peripheral stats between their assists and rebounds, it gives them such more of a comfortable floor for me. Uh, they have the same sort of scoring upside that uh, Lillard has as well. Uh, outside of him, though, there's plenty of ancillary pieces that we can look at, and I've been plugging these guys in, uh, and I did it tonight, and it's been paying dividends. Between uh, Derek Jones Jr., 4,300, small forward and power forward eligible, uh, we're seeing him take on some extra usage. He's getting a little bit of an extra role, and he's you know he's always going to get it done defensively. So uh, not a guy I'm expecting to shoot you know, 80% necessarily or 60% on every single night, but between the steals and the blocks, he'll help you out. He'll chip in there. And then we're going to have to see other guys, you know, Carmelo Anthony, Gary Trent Jr., uh, Rodney Hood, all three of these guys are going to have to take more shot attempts. And they're, all three of them, uh, I would say at minimum, are going to have to play about 24 minutes with at least two of them playing 30-plus. Uh, you know, it, it's going to have to happen. This is an absolute fantastic matchup. And I can see myself having little sprinkles of shares in all these guys. And I don't want to keep uh, you know being a dead horse and saying everybody's available. But even Covington at 5,100. The, the the Covington game has to be around the quarter, right, Brian? I mean, <laughs> I'm not going to miss Does it. it? I'll tell you that much. I'm not missing it. I'm going to keep playing them at least in one lineup every night just to say I, I got it. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's 5,100 again. I, the usage will be there. Defensive stats. He's very. He's a better Derek Jones Jr. That's why he costs a little bit more. Do you know what he's got with, uh, what, what are we, one minute into the third quarter against the Knicks? Probably absolutely nothing. Absolutely nothing. Um, yeah, I'm I'm not too interested in many of these ancillary guys. Look, with CJ out, this should be all about Gary Trent Jr. It's just not. Like, uh, he, he comes in and beats up on teams like the Kings and the Hawks, and then he, he just disappears against good defenses. So I can't play Gary Trent. Uh, I don't have very much to do with Derek Jones Jr. on a regular basis. I understand that there's more usage there for him, but the upside is just, it's one in a hundred with this guy. He comes out and has this mind-blowing 45 fantasy point um, game, and then he'll disappear for an entire season again. So look, I, that's just a personal thing. I don't play Derek Jones Jr. I would much rather play Rocco uh, in this matchup. Uh, yes, there's got to be a game coming from him uh, at some point. I'm not saying it's this one, but I will have a few low shares of uh, Rocco in this matchup. Damian Lillard, 10-3. Look, honestly, I'm just passing on it. I'd rather play Luca. I'd rather play Irving. I'd rather play Jokic uh, at these higher prices. So, uh, yeah, pass there as well. 
Yeah, I'm looking at that game tonight. I mean, it, it kind of looks like this was just getting getting away from uh, the Knicks, too. Portland's leading by 20-something points at this point. Uh, none of the starters are really playing. Derek Jones Jr. is up to 13 minutes. I think Covington is, too. Like you said, the you know the game's kind of winding down. There's still a fourth quarter left, but normally these guys would be floating over 20 minutes. So, uh, again, I, don't, I, I wouldn't take too much from this game is what I'm saying. You know, if you're looking at the box score and you're trying to let it decide on what you think is going to happen in this one, I wouldn't let it sway too much. And, you know, as bad as Trent has been, he's three for six tonight. And I think he's, you know, three for three from deep, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I know he hit at least three three-pointers. So the shot's going to be there. And between him and Hood, it's going to be whoever has the hot hand that night. Uh, that is going to determine who plays more minutes. I think Trent's probably a little bit of a safer option uh, if I had to bet on it, though. But that is it. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, if you have a quick moment. Look at this, man. Right at an hour. We're on we're on point right now, Brian. Uh, give us give us a thumbs up, a rate and review. We really do appreciate it. Whether wherever you listen, whether it's uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, uh, YouTube, we're all over the place. Really do appreciate it, guys. Means the world to us. We check them out every single day. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Mike Apatria, M I K E A P O T R I A. You can find my main man Bratton over at Terrain Seventy Two. That's T E. R-R-A-I-N-7-2. That's give it. Us a follow. We'll give you guys uh give you guys some nice little some nice little fancy advice. You'll kind of see us retweeting some of the lock information, injury reports, stuff like that. Uh just little stuff that you guys might find useful to help your DFS or season long leagues. And that is it, man. So we'll be back tomorrow. Um, I believe I will be on. Strangely enough, I know you know, you're probably not used to that, used to hearing that. I owe Santino one. He covered for me for this weekend. So uh, I'll be taking one of his shows this week, whether it's Friday, whether it's Monday. We don't know yet. It's going to be one of those ones. Uh, he'll probably look it over and choose whatever one he thinks is going to be worse for me. But thank you guys for listening. Brian, I'll take this one. It's been a while, so I'll give you the, you know, I'll give you the night. Uh, I don't want you to be all ready for it. But from everybody over here at Hoopball, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you guys tomorrow. Let's go crush some GPPs. See you guys. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.